the gap podcast we're back episode 17 number two in the studio y'all get to see our faces you know we've been what cartoons for everybody for the last 16 so. and some cartoons though yeah, yeah, was, yeah ethan's been doing a great job with yeah that. yeah yeah for sure for sure so i'm coach i'm coach ryan for some um i'm yates for people at home I'm ryan yates the young og i'm here with double og triple og you know, Julian King, a.k.a. JK, a.k.a. Never Seen a Donut He Ain't Like, <laughs> a.k.a. Jules the Jeweler. Oh, my bad, my bad. My guy, this is my high school coach. Um, I've known him for over a decade. We went from player coach to, you know, mentor to now business partner. This is my guy. This is family. Coach, what's up? Man, let's, let's, let's stop. Stop that! Seriously, we need to change that. That never seen a donut in your life. That's that's old. That's, that's played. You know, it's I don't played. get down with donuts that much. It's played. I get down with them on a weekend type. Okay, scenario. tell me, tell me right now. Because I want, I want you to tell the truth. Is there a Krispy Kreme box on your counter in your kitchen? No. There was it one earlier today. No, or last night. No, you're lying because I came in there and I saw it. The Krispy Kreme box, mind you, last week, maybe a couple of days ago, you had three donut hole boxes in there that you had offered me, but you'd already ate the first two, and there's only one left. But I, I know that's your vibe. But you, you had a Krispy Kreme box. But you're making it desk. seem like I eat them every day. It's it's a once right. in a weekend type thing. Okay. Weekend, not even the week. Once a weekend type thing. So you'd like to say you'd like to keep it a buck. You keep it real. You don't fake the funk, as you'll say. So as we, as I said, I've known him since I was 15. I'm going on 29. All right. So as you can imagine, one, I couldn't talk much when I was in high school. It was all him. It was one side of conversation. I couldn't say anything. But I always watch. It is one particular day. He picks me up. This is my basketball coach. You know, I I do owe him everything that I've done as a player to him. Well, that's a little but, foreign oh, to some people. Hold oh, on, because some people had high school coaches that never picked them up. So that might be a little, that might we, be a foreign concept to them. You're right. But we're talking about donuts right now, right? So let's say you pick me up about 7 o'clock maybe in the morning, 7.30 or something like that. And we're going to go pick, we're going to go work out. But before we go work out, you know, he stops at Shoppers. Shoppers is like... um Car four here is one of those type of situations. So we get in there and Sharpers has these jumbo donuts. Jumbo, not regular size, but jumbo. So he picks them up, a dozen of them, and an orange juice, right? And we're in the car driving. I'm starving. He on the phone with the Bluetooth in his ear. You know the old guys keep the Bluetooth in their ear. And eating a jumbo glazed donut, talking, juice throwing back. You know, offer me one. One. And to this day, he's still the donut bandit. So you, so that's a backstory. I'm not just throwing a donut out there because it's random, but you like yours, Homer. <laughs> let, me, let me say this. First, that's not a fact. First, I'm lying. 
Was I telling the truth? This story is getting old. It's true though, right? This story is getting tired because it's not completely true. And then you, <laughs> then you always throw in little subtle jabs at the older crew, right? <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a Bluetooth. I still have a Bluetooth. You know why? I want to be hands free when I'm driving. I'm yeah. safety first, safety especially first. when I got children in the car. Safety first. <laughs> All good. Either way, that's my OG. Um, you know, as I said. From high school coach to mentor, I coach my younger brother. Um, we're here in Dubai. Um, we're from. I'm from Alexandria, Virginia. Um, that's where we met, grew our relationship, and we are here as business partners in Dubai, building a basketball brand called Hoop Mountain Dubai. You can follow us on Instagram at Hoop Mountain DXB or find us online at HoopMountain.ae. But this is kind of us having a moment to. Share our audio journal, talk because we don't. We only know each other on this side of the world, right? It's kind of crazy to be twenty year age difference, and you know, business partners. So we're here building a brand, um, and with that also came us from starting this podcast, Bridging the Gap Podcast. Um, but let's let's check in. How you feeling, OG? You know how I feel, man. Let's get right to it. You always say that it's the same thing it's all the, the time. Same. I'm. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to work. I'm, I'm talking about your life, man. How you I'm, feeling? Yeah, I'm good. I'm, feeling I'm good. Like if I'm sitting here, I'm, that means I'm good. See, that's the thing. That's the reason why we're here. You know, that's the difference. You see the difference in, in age? For the old heads, you want to rush into stuff because you don't have patience. They always talk about the, us as younger generation. We don't have patience for stuff. But look at Oscar the Grouch over here. I called him that last week, too. I just want to see if you're okay. Yeah, I'm okay. You all right? Yeah. Did you, did if you... I didn't call 911 or anything or whatever the number is here, <laughs> or I, you have to come get me from somewhere, I'm good. Okay. I'm okay. Good. Physically, how you feeling? I'm great. You're great? Yeah. Right. I know I got aches and pains from years of miles on my feet, but I'm good. Yeah. And you've been lucky these last couple of weeks because we haven't played basketball on those Saturdays. Usually... If you listen to our earlier episodes, Coach has been getting L after L after L from me and my squad on those Saturday late night work. It's really some revenge from back in the day because now he can't move like he used to. He's better than any other coach in the UAE at his age, that's for sure. But when he steps in the, the jungle with the Lions, he get ate up. You just <laughs> did a few rounds of King of the Court this past Saturday, and I came out victorious. You beat, uh, you beat young baby Luca, as yeah. we call him, baby Luca on that one. And I beat you several times. No, you didn't. Yeah. So, all right, we're gonna start taking Abdella. And first of all, let us shout out Collective, our videographer, our video team behind all of our creative yes. things. And shout out to him. Um, so much could not be done without him. And his graciousness, but we're gonna have Abdullah come to the gym, and we're gonna have him film and break down everything. So now you know the camera don't lie; the camera does not lie. So we'll see, we'll see. You'll see how he cheats. You know what I'm saying? You'll see what those donuts really do to your game. Make sure you have good eating habits. But you know, that's good to hear. I'm glad you're feeling all right. Post cereal. That's all I got to say. Everybody back home will know what I talk. I'm talking about. You guys in the UAE, I'll school you on that later. Raisin bread. You know, at your age, you need that good fiber cereal. <laughs> you know, that raisin bread. That's what I'm that is. Toast crunch, man. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy. No, that's good, man. But this has been a good, another good week for us. Um, as we said, we, we run a basketball brand as far as the academy. So we're teaching basketball at the grassroots to 
of a community that doesn't really have a basketball culture. So every week when we get to watch our youngins grow and kind of pick up on a basketball slang, you know, their swagger is changing, the confidence is growing. They're interacting more with their peers. It's always a good week, no matter how the business is going, right? Right. You can see the the subtle differences in each each player's game each week by just by being around us and being able to open up a little bit more, being a little more social, which is which basketball is a social game, and their confidence is uh, is rising each week, and that's um, you know it's, it's it's real it's precious to see because uh, you know these were some of these kids weren't even. Uh, thinking about basketball a year a year ago. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's an interesting time, and and as we always hint to, we'll start to share more and more of what that experience is is like because we're literally teaching basketball to a population that does not get to watch basketball, and so for people at home, it's kind of sound crazy, but let's imagine not being able to. They don't really know anything, and like we have to teach them everything. It's a blank canvas, so. You know, it takes a special type of teacher to be able to, you know, relay those messages and enjoy and help kids enjoy just being around basketball while teaching them something that they're, they're, you know, foreign to. But thank you for asking. I feel good. Um, you know, I think thanks, Ethan. Ethan's back there. Ethan's our guy, a creative, creative guy, our graphic designer, uh, man of many talents in the tech world. Um, you know, that's my young boy back there. Thank you for Ethan's back there telling me to make sure I tell the people how I feel because obviously he doesn't. That's something that the older generation does too. They just, they just neglect our feelings, but it's okay. I feel good. I'm happy. Um, you know, it's the weather is great and it always keeps me in good spirits. You know, I'm you know, happy to see another day. So mm-hmm. thanks for asking, big dog. Well, I mean, you pretty much let everybody know how you feel anyway because you talk so much. So I mean, I think they got it. You know, there's no need to, to double down on it. And Ethan, thank you, man, for putting up with this guy. Because, you know what I'm saying, if you didn't have the patience that you had, you'd be in big trouble. Thank you. Thank that's, you. that's interesting. That's interesting. You know, you're an interesting guy. But let's jump into some stuff. Um, you know, we, we're basketball guys, right? So let's just get into some check-in stuff. My Lake Show, we, um, we waved my guy, Quinn Cook. I hate to see I hate to see him go. I think there he'll there'll be a chance for him to come back. Sure. Yeah. Well, they're 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 saying that teams around the league are showing interest. You know, a guy like Quinn Cook, he's been in championship locker rooms, right? He shoots over forty percent from a trade ball, right? And you just know he knows how to play basketball. That's a reliable point guard. It's kind of like how in the NFL, for people who do watch football, because not all of our viewers do, that backup quarterback. Is valuable to the to the team, right? Right. You know, the same thing with with uh, will back up point guard. Something that you can't replace that voice in the locker room. So Quinn is a pro, professional. So he'll be he'll be fine. Um, we need to make some changes though. We need we need a, we yeah. need a spark somewhere, right? You know, I don't know. I've I've seen some rumblings about getting Mo Bamba, another big young big. Um, I don't. I like it. Maybe we'll see. You know, we need we need a little bit. We of want JaVel. We want JaVel. You need to bring him back. I, I like, you know, I like JaVel's energy, too. And, and again, he's a proven winner. He's a championship guy. And he fits well with AD. Um, you know, Boogie's a free agent now. They agreed to part ways with Houston. But he won't be 
uh, were part of our plans. I'm actually seeing some rumblings about him going to Boston. Mm. You know, that that would be a solid fit. And I think Boston right now is probably sitting at like like 500 in the standings or something like that. So Ooh. they're definitely not in the position that we uh, we envision them being in. Yeah, and and speaking of, I saw um, ESPN reporter talk about how a lot of the NBA gyms are, are kind of tick, ticked off is the word that they use at Danny Ainge because earlier in the season when Kimba was hurt, Danny was trying to trade Kimba, mm. and they were seeing him trying to trade damaged goods, knowing that he was hurt, and the other GMs were taking kind of offense to that. You know, this was the second time he got into kind of that situation with a small guard. <laughs> that's hurt, right. right? So now you got Kimba, who is a key part to their success. Is part of the reason why they're not doing well. And of course, Marcus Smart is hurt. They're they're small on top of that too. So I don't know. Yeah, um, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because uh, you know that team has high expectations, and uh, for them to be you know barely five hundred now, that's not a good look. Yeah, you know, and a lot of that's coming back on Danny Ainge because uh, they got a good coach. Great, definitely have a good coach. And Danny, I think Danny Ainge probably got a little too much credit early on for one or two things that he did, but overall, he hasn't been outstanding. Yeah, I mean, you know, they always somehow, some way, Boston always has everybody's draft pick. <laughs> yeah, so I, I give him credit for that because to get you know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown from the draft, you know that's pretty that's pretty solid. You got Marcus Smart, but but I think their biggest problem has always been they have no force in the middle. Well, I mean, you know but that's they have but whose responsibility is that? Danny, that's the yeah. and that's Jim. No, sure. He's got to make it happen. Yeah, that's that's not bad. What else we got here? Luca just hit a big game winner. The other night. I guess who? Um, I think Luca hit that against the the Warriors, maybe? No, it wasn't. Who did Luca hit that against? Um Boston. <laughs> Ironic. Uh, hit it against Boston wow. in the late game one. Wow. Luca doing what Luca does. Here we go. This is what I want to bring up. Kristaps Porzingis. I'm hearing that the Mavericks are putting him up for a trade, possibly, Whoa. and sending him to in talks with the Warriors about that. Hmm. I don't, I don't know what's, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that looks like, but hmm. that's an interesting talk. It's something just to look look at. I just saw something. You know, they threw some things out there in the air, but I'm not seeing too many more reports about it. But something to keep in mind. I mean, man, if if Porzingis was 100 percent last year. They're a completely different team heading into the playoffs. I mean, even now with him stepping out there, he getting the, the 36, eight three-pointers and stuff. It's yeah, a, that's a, a different bad, animal. Yeah, he's a bad man. He's just got to stay healthy. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, if they're putting him out on the trail, they better be getting something worthwhile because, you know, Luka is, is hot right now. Yeah. So you got to strike now. So you, you ain't got time to be waiting two years, three years down the road. Yeah. Oh, I guess. I guess somebody put that out prematurely because um, Dallas just made sure they said specifically <laughs> that Porzingis is going to be in the Dallas a bit longer than if they expected. So that which makes sense because you can't get rid of a guy like Porzingis. That's it's a unicorn, right? You got to keep him around. You got to see what his his future looks like. Um, the Knicks and Nets they're going to be having fans at their games on February twenty third. <laughs> um, 
was starting then. So that's going to be big. First of all, shout out to the Knicks, to Tim Thibodeau. Um, we'll get into the all-star breakdown later, but they're playing competitive basketball for oh, them. for sure. They're not a laughing stock anymore. Yeah, what's your guy, uh, uh, Leon Rose? Leon Rose. Yeah, man. Leon Rose, somebody that you actually have spent some time around. Yeah. Um, they've, they've made some things change. I think World Wide West is over there. Yeah, you know he's definitely yeah. going to make it pop <laughs> in some it. form or fashion. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So the Knicks are looking good. The Nets are on a seven-game win streak. Mm. Without K- and KD hasn't been playing, so you know I'm I'm nervous. I'm not gonna hold you. I'm nervous. I really am. As a Laker fan, I'm looking at it like hmm, we got to make some things shake and make this happen. Because our only shot is if they get into that that Eastern Conference Finals and they have to face Joel Embiid, who <laughs> I think is the front runner for MVP right now. Right, and he he goes and has a Shaq s dominant performance. And you know the others can show up, then they might can can get Philly. I mean uh, Brooklyn out of there, but Brooklyn, man, that's firepower. That's tough. Yeah, it look. I mean, again, we we know it's box office offensively, but you know the true test is what you gonna do in the playoffs. But that's the thing, though. Are you gonna strap up? They've been getting stops late game, and you know now when you're that good offensively. You just got to get timely stops. And they're getting stops at the end of the game. They're, like, putting in effort at the end of the game. Now Iman Shumpert is playing. Now Andre Roberson is playing. So they got some wing guys. Right. Those are definitely, um, you know, defensive-minded wings. Yeah, heavily. And, you know, for they now, now for sure they know they don't have to worry about anything else. Any bucket you get from them is like candy from a baby. It's like it's light. Like, it's adding that. It helps us out even more. So, man, we got to watch out. It's going to make for a wild playoff. I mean, you're saying, watch out. You got to make it out of the West first. We got it. Clippers looking pretty good. They do. They do. They do. But we got it. Okay. We got it. We got it. We, we got it for sure. I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. Um, and then let's, we'll talk. Uh, we'll get into some more NBA stuff. Um, the NBA refs. Got it. NBA refs. Refs are refs are interesting. Um, one only reason I'm bringing this up is not because of the Draymond thing, but because of the tech that JJ Reddick got. You saw right. that? Yes. I I think that was a little egregious. It was a little crazy, and it might have been some personal feeling there or something. Uh, listen, that was a terrible call. He should never have received a text of that, but we can we don't know what was said before that. Whether something said, you know, a, a prior altercation they had, you know, in a, in a game before that, but we all know that referees are just like anybody else. They suffer from human nature, mm-hmm. and human nature sometimes has us act out of character. It happens too often. It happens too often. You brought up a, a valuable point though off air. You said that if they got paid more. Yeah, they'd probably yeah. be able to take a little bit more of that. Well. You say it happens too often. I don't think it happens as often because players say a lot of stuff to referees nightly. And you think about it, each each team plays eighty two games, and and some of these refs, you know, they're they're just as busy. They may they may ref sixty seventy games, whatever. And every night you got somebody barking at you. And again, if you're a star, 
that bark ain't so bad. Because you're like, okay, that's the guy. But when you're getting barked at by guys that aren't producing, that stings a little bit, especially when you know that your wallet is a little light compared, you know, considering you're you're refereeing in the NBA. That's interesting though. I just saw a video on Instagram where they showed the old school refs, seventies, eighties, even early nineties. Refs telling Bird, stop, stop complaining, shut up, stop being a baby. Yeah, right. Things were different then. Yeah, yeah. Things, I, were, things were different. Completely you, different everywhere, you, all across the board. Referees right? aren't allowed to speak like that now. Yeah, you know, because referees back in the day, he might say that to Bird, but. You respected the referees because everybody was on a grind. True. You know, now, you know, the referees are still on a grind. Some players aren't. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, you know, it is what it is. I'm not – referees are part of the game. We need them before we can ha- – if we want to have anything. Sure. So figure it out. Make it work. Um, before we get into the topic list for today, you know, Tiger Woods was in a car accident. Um, he is – it was – they said they had to use the jaws of life to get him out of the crash, but he is after surgery. They say he's in stable and lucid condition, so that's good to hear. Tiger, get a driver. Yeah, I was gonna say that, man. Yes, you know, after what the incident that happened before in Florida, yeah, man, stop, stop driving yourself. Get a driver, big dog. We want, we need you here still to, you know, be a shining light to our youth. You know, share share what you can with the world while you're here. Get a driver, big dog. Yeah. Get a driver, man. Yeah. Good. Glad you're good, though. But let's get into this NBA All-Star game. All right. NBA All-Star game. By the time this episode drops, it'll drop like a day or so before the All-Star game. And, you know, the roster, the full rosters are here. So we'll start. And as always, there's two captains. <laughs> and you know, the captain for one team for the east side is going to be KD because he got the most votes there. Right. And Brian for the west because he got the most votes there. Right. And they'll get to choose from a pool, from a pool of players, that, you know, old playground. You pick first, I pick second. Right. So the, the starters for the, for the um, all-star game, and I don't think we'll have much to say about it. For the east, it's KD, Giannis, Bradley Bill, Joel Embiid, and Kyrie. That's solid. Solid. That's solid. Right. That's for the solid. for the West, you got Braun, you got Steph, Luca, Joker, and Kawhi. Right. Okay. No argument there. And then for the Eastern Conference reserves. Well, no. Let me go back. There is an argument. There. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Luca even said it himself. Dame should be. Yeah. Started. Dame should be. Yeah. Dame Dollar should be in. Well, there. that's where this, the fan voting comes in because okay. you know international player, you're gonna get as many votes as possible because right. of that. But um, so we'll take there, but it's still a solid five, right? So we'll get into the reserves. We got Jalen Brown, we got James Harden, we got Zach Levine for his first time. Yeah, he deserves. You got you got Julius Randle mm, for his first time. A lot, a lot of people are gonna smirk at that, but I've always liked his game. Yeah, well, you know, I, I was a Laker guy, so I was disappointed. I knew how great he could be, but he came into a tough situation. Uh, so I'm glad he bounced back. They were using him wrong. Yeah, Luke. I didn't like Luke as a coach anyway, so I agree. Um, Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, and Nikola Vucevic from, from Orlando. Okay. A monster, right? So I think the East is actually pretty solid. I think they got everything right for the most part. Um, I don't think there's anybody that really got snubbed. Maybe Sabonis, Sabonis from Indiana. Because yeah. Indiana's always top four, and he's, and he's strong, tough. 
Um, Chris Middleton, you can say, but they already having a great year. Uh, they don't really deserve two <laughs> two All Stars in my mind. But let's get to the Western Conference reserve. We got Anthony Davis. We got Paul George. We got Rudy Gobert. We got Dame Lillard, Dame Dollar, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and you have Zion Williamson getting his first All Star appearance. Now, before we get into you know who we would pick first and everything else. There's one name left off this list that I feel like is glaring for sure and needs to be put on there like at every top guard position and needs to be his name mentioned. That's Devin Booker. He booked. For sure. For sure. So where do you what are you thinking with this? If I'm gonna remove somebody from the West, let me let me see that again. You already know. You already know I'm taking um Zion. I'm taking Zion off. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, he's playing well, but. The Pelicans aren't that competitive, yeah. one. Right? And then you don't do what the Suns are doing. The Suns are number four in the standings. Right. And they're looking every day more and more like a team that really can compete for, for a chip. Right? So I'm, I'm thinking, I get it why they did it. Zion is one of those guys that they're going to push to be that next star, face of the league type thing. But, you know. It is what it is, you know. Those things happen, um, but it can't. It can't happen that often because the book. I think he could have been on there last year for sure, for sure. And and what's going to happen is because Anthony Davis is not going to play because of injury, right? So he's going to come in as a reserve replacement. Still ain't hitting right because he deserves to be in there outright. Yeah, I'm not. Without going. Me, yeah, no, nah, you got to go, man. Come I'm on. not going. This is what I would say. All right, who you got being MVP of the All Star game? Possibly Kyrie. Ooh. Okay. Everybody's got a lot to say about him, including me. I think he's going to mm. put the ball in the hole. Mm. And he puts on a show. Yeah. He puts on a show. Um, You got a second pick? I'll give you two. Let's go two. Second pick? Um, Your boy Levine. Ooh. Because, you know, he's one that he could have been in there before. Mm. For sure. You know, he's playing in that, you know, godforsaken market in Chicago. Like, you know, I know a lot of Midwestern people don't want to admit it, but Chicago is a dump now. Yeah. And it he, was a dump before MJ got there. It was a dump after him, except for that those two years where Derrick Rose was there. Yeah. And, and, and they had a bright spot. But other than that, dump. And he is torching the league. Right. He, he is torching. I like those picks. From the East, I'm going to go with Embiid. Doc Rivers coaching the number one. Um, I think Embiid, Embiid is going for overall league MVP, too. And I think he's going to try to, you know, in his time, try to make his presence felt strongly amongst everybody. I'm going to be there. And Dame has had to carry the Portland Trailblazers so much. I don't know how hard he's going to go. I, you know, I think he want to watch what he does. But I'm either going to go Dame or Devin Booker on the other side. Just as long as Quinn Snyder lets him run, I'm going to go Dame or Devin Booker for for um, the, the West. Or, or Paul George. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. I think, and we're talking about MVP of the All-Star game. We're talking about it. 
And I gotta give, I'm gonna recognize it now, Paul George, because you you've you made me look crazy. I will acknowledge right now you're responding well. And I wanna acknowledge it now purposely, because I wanna make sure that everybody knows we're acknowledging that you are killing your best shooting percentage ever, regular season. But you can't do what you're doing right now and then stink it up in the playoffs, especially now. So we're gonna acknowledge that you you're doing well. We're gonna acknowledge it. Just to keep it as a, a timestamp and know that we're watching you, big fella. Um, so that's that's my from the west. I'm going PG Dame or, or D Book, and from the east, okay. I'm going with um with Jane, uh, Joel and B for MVP. Okay, Joel's gonna have a hard time getting it because he's a dependent type player. Yeah, so they got to bring in the ball. Yeah, well, I think he's gonna, I think uh, I think something's gonna work. I think something's gonna work. Yeah, but I like that Kyrie pick though because Kyrie definitely got something to say. Yeah. Um, it's okay. That's cool. You had the bathroom. Yeah. You got me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Co- coach is headed for a bathroom break, so we're going to have to edit this piece. It's okay. You can yeah. edit anyway. Well, we got our picks there. So I'm a, my East picks going to be Levine and MB. West picks, I'm going to go with Dane. And I think that the D book is going to get put into the All Star game because I don't think AD is going to play. So I'm going to go there pending D with Dame and D book there. Dame, Dame is not, he's not concerned about being MVP of the yeah, I, I'm. I'm. That's my. That's my look. Cause I think. I think that's one of those that he needs. Cause I think I'm looking at it. I don't think he's gonna win an MVP of the league. Not saying he doesn't deserve it, but we know media dictates a lot of that stuff, and I don't know if they're gonna push him to the forefront right. for that. So you gotta get one of those. You're saying that he. This is what he needs. Dame. He's not that type of dude. He don't care. I, I know. I get that. I just think that sometimes. He just go get some things if he wanted. I think it's yeah, gonna be one of those moments. Wants, but I don't think he will. Okay. Yeah, I guess your guy. That's your yeah, I think he'll do it. I think he'll do it. Um, but when we talk about All Star games, because All Star games are dope. I remember, right. I, I forgot what age I was, but All Star game came to DC, and you know DC that's hometown love. And moms took me to all those pre game festivities, and they had the, the stuff going on outside of the MC, the old MCI Center, mm-hmm. the Verizon Center. It might even be a different name now. But they had all this stuff there, and all-star energy is just top-notch, high-level. Like, I was – I remember, of course, we remember Vince Carter's slam-dunk stuff, Jason Richardson's slam-dunk stuff, right. you know, those three-point shootouts. I remember every Kobe MVP. But we talk about all-star game moments. What are some of the dopest things that you remember from you growing up and watching? Because you got to see, like, the, that golden era of hoops. <laughs> you say golden era. Like, how yeah. old are you? You, you got you got to see Will. Come on, man! Like, <laughs> yeah. right now you all right, now all right. that's that's blatant disrespect right there. I'm not that old. Come all on, right, no, you got, you were you were that that Zeke Magic. You got to see Gervin too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Some of Doc. You got sure. to see any of all that up to now. So you got to see you got to see all the jersey changes. Yes, I do. <laughs> you got to see it from when everybody had the uniform, the regular uniform. To everybody wearing the team uniform, respectively, to the special ones, to even right. now, it's some different. Right. Yeah. The probably the one that sticks out the most to me, Rob Hank, like I said, is is Magic. When Magic played in the All Star Game after announcing to the world, not just the NBA, not just the United States, to the world, he was HIV positive, and that shook up the sports world. I'd say everything in terms of worldwide sports stopped for 48 hours to talk about that, you know, and 
for him to go in there and get, I think he got 25, 26 points and a victory in the All-Star game, get MVP, that's that's what you call a comeback. Man, I'm not, it's not registering all the way what you're saying right now. Why? Because I remember, I, I remember seeing a highlight, because this is 92, right? And I was just born, I was born in 92, so I, I wasn't around for any of this. But I remember seeing highlights. <laughs> I remember seeing highlights of this later, as you know, as All-Star Games going, they always do flashback. And I was like, it wasn't Magic. You know what I'm saying? He had he had a situation. <laughs> so it was, he was playing. I thought he was sitting out. Yeah. He, he hadn't played. He played what, like a couple games that year? And yeah. came. And that was that's just a crazy thought altogether. And from what I heard, it was it was more about a public announcement and a public service announcement for people to understand that because he had the virus didn't mean that it was something he had to be quarantined from. Or right. Isolated. His life didn't end. His, yeah. He could still carry on with a normal life and. Uh, for him to, it, it, the reason his his season was cut short was some players and you know some people in uh, you know in the outside world still weren't as educated on HIV as they are now, and um, so there was a there was a huge misunderstanding, and so you know of course naturally there's something you don't you don't know too much about you're going to be very cautious with, and so. They they cut his season short, but he was allowed to play in the All Star game, and you know, and for the two biggest star, other stars, MJ and Isaiah, to have some one on one matches with him, mm. when you know they're they're going at each other, you know they're you know they're body to body, sweat to sweat, you know that that made a lot more people at ease, you know, for those two guys to put themselves at risk when it really wasn't a risk, just because at that time. Magic was following all the, you know, the proper protocols to, you know, keep everybody safe. But yeah, that's just that's just something only Magic can do. Every time you look at Magic, even now, you're just like, that's just Magic. He only do the stuff that he do. I don't, I don't even know the questions to ask because I got questions. I don't know how to put them in words. Like, <laughs> I just let it go. That's just Magic. Yeah. But the but the NBA All Star Weekend is like it's stuff that legends are made of, right? right? Like legendary moments happen. You know, MJ dunking from the foul line. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dr. J, right? You know, with, dunking from the foul line with the fro. Yes. Like, like just, you know, that dunk contest moment, even Zach Levine and Aaron Gore going back. Ooh, back that, was one of the, that may have been top two of all time. To resurge, right? You know, yes. Vince Carter having his moments. Jason Richardson, too, was quiet as kept. He had some some big time moments in the dunk contest. For sure. You know, like those times, we're kind of going to miss out on that to an extent. Right, yeah. it, it's not the same show that we normally get. Right, we got the players on the side with the camcorder back in '95, '96. <laughs> you know, say the iPhones in this era. Right. Like, it's gonna be a different energy. One of my favorite moments, um, you know, of course, all of my favorite moments encompass Kobe somehow, some way. One of my favorites is early from 2001, when AI won the um the MVP. And they ended up beating us. Um, I say us, like I'm part of the team. The West. You, you the West. that a lot. I, just, I am who I am. You know, I'm a Kobe guy, you know, Laker guy. But it was an 0-1 game when the East came back and beat the Western Conference after being down. I think AI had like 15 in the fourth quarter to take over and win. Him and Steph, Stephon Marbury. 
Starberry. I remember they, that. Yeah. Starberry. And they were getting busy. And Kobe had a chance for the last shot and dished it to Tim Duncan. He tricked it up. And they won that. <laughs> and AI won the MVP. And just, just having that moment and seeing that was, was just dope. Because that was one of the like, few times when the All-Star Game was competitive. Right. Right? It's that competition. Because it's really the greatest show in the, world, like, in the world. Where else do you get all of the best players, 24 of the best players in the world of basketball? Hands down the world. In one spot, every star from every walk of life, everybody's there. Weekend is extravagant, and you get to just see them perform at one time. Yeah. In in comparison to some of the other sports, like, you know, you got the Pro Bowl, you got, you know, Major League Baseball does something. This is one thing where guys, when they decide to go hard, they can go hard at each other for, you know, brief moments. Because what does what does most of the population in the world do that they play basketball? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's in the NBA, CBA, international basketball, YMCA, we all know we've had those moments where we've been in a dogfight with one of our boys and we tried to kill each other for about 30, 40 minutes and the game didn't mean anything. Right. But it was just a it was just a pride thing. Right. And so the 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 NBA All-Star game is one of those situations where those guys, for the for the most of it, there were a couple of years where, you know, it didn't, it was a little lackluster, but for the most part, at some point in time, some guy's gonna get yeah. it. And that's that's the thing too. For the last like four years, pretty much after Kobe. Because Kobe and, and CP3, they always talked about how whenever they were on teams together, they never lost an All-Star <laughs> game because they just had a different level of competitiveness. Right. But when Kobe in his latter years, that All-Star game started to become like a freelance open gym. Right. But with last year's format changing. Which was great. Which was great. 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 Shout out to Chris Paul and the NBA for making that happen so effectively. And now they're continuing it and adapting it. I think that keeps the competitive fire high. Right. And so that makes it for even more of an entertaining game. But right. one thing I do worry about is the fact that it's COVID NBA season. Right. So everything is the, the recovery time for a lot of those teams, like the Lakers, Heat, and all those other different teams are shorter. So they will want a, a, a break right now before they go into the second half of the season. So a lot of those older guys, I won't be surprised to see them take back seats and sit out more. It's tough for LeBron to do that because LeBron is LeBron. Like, we want to see you play, big dog. But Yeah, we want to see you play, man, but you got to do what's best gotta for do the team. You got to do what you got to do. You got to do what's best for the team. We man. need you to do that. We need you yeah. to do that. And another one big moment, because you you like to point out, coach is an old, old head, right? We were in the car. Sometimes he'll hit on, he'll get on me about the music we play. So I hit him with a, a you know, a sneak, and I throw out some oldies right, that he don't even know I'm listening to. So I think we might have been listening to um, some old school Earth, Wind, and Fire or something like that. And then he was like, oh, "Tell me who sung the national anthem at this time for the Lakers." And I was like, "What? I don't know. I remember the song. I remember the name it was Jeffy Osborne, right?" But the greatest rendition of the, the national anthem ever was done at the NBA All Star Game, and it was done by none other than Marvin Gaye himself, Mister Marvin Gaye. That man, Mister Marvin Gaye himself. So that's another one of those legendary moments for sure. Even what was his name? Fergie sung at the All Star Game at one time, and Jerry wanted to was in the uh, in the huddle laughing, dying, dying, dying. I've had those moments too. 
I've, there have been a couple times where I've been at some games and there had some people singing the national anthem. I'm looking like, yo, buddy, sound like he had a frog stuck in his throat. I remember one particular high school game. About that. <laughs> Shout out to Steve Calatuni, where he put in the wrong CD. <laughs> Man. And uh, couldn't figure it out back there. You know, we had that. We had that, um, you know, new sound system that uh, is bumping. That nobody knew how to operate except three people. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. We're well, we're excited for the All Star Game. That's going to be dope. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing all of that. I wonder. I think what is it? Gladys Knight will be saying the national anthem mm-hmm. this year. Shout out to Gladys. Awesome, man. still doing her thing yeah, for sure. Love that. But we talk about bridging the gap. We talk about it all the time, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, you educating me on things and as an OG letting me share some stuff that might enlighten you. But you brought up a couple times you've mentioned some names that I had never heard of. Um, you know, I'm a basketball junkie too. But you brought up the name one time, Damon Bailey, <laughs> right? And I had no idea what you were talking about. I was like, well, Damon Bailey, who's that? Is that a kid from Chicago or from around the way or whatever? But <laughs> Damon Bailey is what you told me was probably the most – he had the most hype around him as any high school player ever, right? Right up there with LeBron and maybe even bigger in some other stint. Something I didn't know about. Right. And I'm like, yo, I, we got to hear more about this story. Right. It, I don't even know how it came up, but it was just uh, something that – to me and some some older guys were talking about once before, like who were the top five most hyped high school basketball players ever? And it's hard to name people that were before the social media era because with social media, I mean that just takes hype, you know, to another level. But this guy is is one of the guys that always came came up that unsuspectedly he didn't look the part. Yeah, he looked. I mean, if you were to see him, you think he sells insurance. <laughs> but he was a gorilla in yeah. high school, um, and even and he was really good in college. Let me, let me. I want you to break it down and what that was like. But let me read off some of his accolades from yeah. high school. Right, Damon Bailey from Indiana. Right, you guys know that Indiana State during that time basketball was ruthless. Damon Bailey was uh, Sports Illustrated declared he was the country's best ninth grade hoopster in his freshman year. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, he left. He lost in the semifinals at the state final four his freshman year. Um, he lost in the, the final four his sophomore year. He lost. He led the team to the Indiana State Championship his senior year with a three point win. He was named first team Indiana All State all four years of high school. He finished his career appearing in four and three. Um, state final fours and had a scoring record of 3,134 points that still stands to this day. This dude scored 3,134 points in high school. He averaged 28 points all four years of his school, like over four years. He was named Indiana Mr. Basketball. Of course, he was a McDonald's All-American. He was a 1990 uh, National Player of the Year. And he elected to play for Bobby Knight um, in, uh, in Indiana. And after winning the championship, one of his, I guess his famous quote was to reporters referring to Bobby Knight. He said, now I'm his boy. Um, wow. That's just the accolades. But you, you, you were there. You heard. 
Tell me what that was like, because you didn't have social media, and I know you heard yeah. about it. Just to hear his name being mentioned with by commentators during a college game, and they're talking about a kid that's two years two years from college. He's a sophomore in high school, and they're talking about That's him. like 88, 89. It's, it's crazy. And, you know, of course, once you heard somebody's name, you would start to look them up, and you start to realize – He's the real deal. Because I know people look at, you know, you said 3,000 plus points. People are probably thinking that, you know, he probably played against some bums. Well, let me explain Indiana State High School basketball to you. When they start their state tournament, at one particular time, they didn't have classification. They didn't have 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A. Everybody was in that joint together. So for you listeners that kind of don't have the same thing, Sometimes schools are broken up into different sections based on the school population. I mean, yeah. people are there. He's saying in Indiana, if you had 700 kids in your school, you still played against a school that had 3,000 kids in that school. <laughs> right. Different pool. Different pool. And there was a story where Damon Bailey, his family – had to hire a security company to keep people from stealing their lawns. <laughs> this is Indiana basketball. You know, everybody Everybody said the movie Hoosiers mm-hmm. is, you know, loosely based around some of his high school. Really? Yeah. His high school. He was say, Jimmy? Damien was Jimmy? Maybe, maybe. I don't know, but... It, yo, it, yo. Was, it was similar. Hold on, hold on. Before you carry on the story, what are you going to do with somebody's lawn? <laughs> I mean, but it's no different than it's no different than when when people were when the Lakers stopped playing at the forum. And I use the Lakers because you're a Lakers fan. People stop playing at the forum. People want to get a piece of that floor. People right. want to get a piece of the parquet at Boston. Uh, I, I get the hardwood floor, King. What you gonna do with the grass, yo? Hey, hey, but listen, <laughs> you taking the soil with you, the but, roots. But bas- <laughs> basketball was a religion there, Man, so you crazy. just want a piece of this guy. I ain't yeah. say you want a sneaker or a sock <laughs> or something. Hey, man, you want this man grass? Yeah. You want the bugs that come with the grass? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So what was you were around? That was he was a peer of yours, right? You guys yeah. in high school, same. So like, we have ball is life. We have. Um, hoop mixtape. We have any and every type of outlet to see and hear about anything, so it doesn't go anywhere. Right. So, like, what was the? How did he get through the grapevine? What does that look like? This was, you know, Street and Smith's mm. old basketball publication. Um, you know, you had um, Blue Chips, mm, Blue Chip. You know, BC All Stars. Um, you know, uh. What's the joint where everybody went outside? Um, five. five star. Yeah. You know, you would just hear through, you know, you read the paper. You know, that's what we did back in the day, everybody. We read the paper and we bought magazines. <laughs> publication of everybody. And this you guy. You still was, read the newspaper with hard copy. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, shut up. You know, um, you know, so, you know, you, you see this guy's name at the top of every list. And, you know, you, you really research it. You, you realize, whoa. It ain't just a myth. It's it's for he could really play. And then he goes on to, you know, Indiana, and he still has a, a really good college career after having multiple knee uh surgeries. I think he said he has seven knee surgeries. Well, 
77. And he still went on to play in the CBA as well. Um, he played in the CBA. He was an All-American in 94, uh, his senior year. He was Big Ten freshman of the year. So um, he he had moments still in school where he was doing his thing. But, man, Damon Bailey. So he would he would, he would have given you the work. Yeah, he probably would. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, but, you know, on thing. one end, you know, oh. I see you back there laughing. <laughs> on one end now. On the other end now, I put him in the car seat because I'm going to the post. Man, all that post cereal, huh? Post cereal. That's dope, though. We got to – but what, I remember you telling me um, – what made his victory? Because you said he, he had to play with his school. It was a small school, maybe 700 kids or whatever. And they won a state championship finally his senior year. And what team did they have to beat? I don't remember the name of the team. But I think I think it had something to do with big dog Lynn Robinson. Mm. We got we to gotta look that up. It's Concord High School. So let's see. Let me Let me check. Concord High School and I believe so. I believe so. Concord High School in Indiana. Yep, I believe. I believe Big Dog. And we gotta break down who Big Dog is while I look this up. Cause some that's one of those guys who who still don't really under people don't understand. Big Dog may have been one of the first true stretch fours. Mm. You know, he was a guy that came out, if you guys remember the Fab Five from Michigan. Um, shout out to Rick Brunson because he was with those guys at McDonald's All-Star Game. Uh, he actually won MVP with those guys. Mm. Um, Big Dog was a guy that went to Purdue. No one knew how he got there, why he would go there, but we – We'll talk about that later. But he's a guy to put on a show while he was in college. 6'9", 6'10", and could really shoot the ball from, from outside the three. And he can mix it up as well, but being a stretch four is what he did best. And so I think it was Big Dog and company. It was. It was Big Dog. It was Big and, Dog. And he had a mob with him. Yeah. You know, and, and just the fact that, come on, man, you know. They had brothers. Yeah, there's a bunch of brothers. Uh, brothers. Yeah. It was it was it was Hoosiers. It was Hoosiers, it was man. Hoosiers. So, so they went in there and got a big one. Yeah, to get a victory over them, that was yeah. there's a lot of people lost some money that night. That's that's a story that's that's like when we talk about basketball, your triumphs, your ups and your downs. Somebody like Damon Bailey, you know, to be that astonishing in high school. To have that type of presence on the court, that type of star power early, right? And you get to feel that early. You get to feel what those type of victories are like early. So you kind of get to see where your star could potentially go. And then you get to college and you are bedridden by injuries. Yeah. Right? That's kind of the ebbs and flows of the basketball life, that basketball culture to where you can be so high at one point. You know, having the biggest upsets, you know, right. the best player to ever play in, in high school in a state like Indiana, you know, taking the David and Goliath, you know, that that whole story. And then the next day, you know, your legs are gone and you're out of it. Yeah. But there's always a lesson to set there, right? Right. Your time is never forgotten. You are a legend for what you've done in that moment. 
but that isn't who you are as a whole. So don't let it consume you. Right. right? Don't, don't take it for granted. You know, enjoy the moment and, and, you know, whatever happens, happens and you move on. Yeah. There's, there's so much more life to live. And that's what he did because um, a lot of people would have, you know, just fun- or crumbled, you know? Right. We got, I'm going to have to, we got to find some footage of Damon Bailey too. Cause man, it's some, that's some buckets. That's a bucket. It's going to be something. It's probably going to be some vintage VCR looking VHS sure? tape, but sure. we're going to find something. Cause if Bobby Knight offers you a scholarship as a freshman in high school in 1992, Woo. you can hoop. Yeah, Bobby is one of them crazy ones too. Yeah, man, Bobby's one of the crazy. But let's speaking of coaches, because coaches are, you know, coaches are important, especially when it comes to um, grassroots basketball. You know, developing a community, growing, being a pillar, part of a community. Um, but when it comes to just the competitive nature of the sport. When it comes to getting your team prepared and winning games, because eventually you do want to play games and you do want to win. Right. We'll get you there. Let's talk about situations where a coach gets out coached. And we want to, we don't want to talk about this just like in some, you know, some vague situation. Let's really get into it to where maybe a situation where you've gotten out coached or you've been in a situation where your coach, you could tell he wasn't prepared. And he on the other, and the guy on the other end is is just having his way with them, winning a chess match. But let's talk about that that moment of realizing one as a player, your coach on the other side is is getting his man's knocked off. Well, I'll be honest with you, and I can say I've been blessed with um, playing for some pretty high level coaches, um, and any time that we've come up short. It thoroughly came down to they had somebody wearing a different jersey that was better than anybody on our squad. Mm. And their coach put them in a position where they uh, they had the opportunity to to be successful. Um, so I, I can say that. I can, I can definitely mention a lot of times where I felt I got out coached because I wasn't being myself. What does that mean, though? Not being myself is meaning – Maybe overthinking things, mm. um, being a little too controlling and, and trying to control every player's moves, every player's thoughts. What, and, let's stay there. Okay. Because that's a that's an interesting space because the basketball is one to where, I mean, most sports anywhere to where you can't have too much control over the game. Right. Right. Unless you're like one of those rigid offensive places. But like. What's your balance there as a coach? How do you find your balance of letting your, your guys go and knowing when to step in and come and control that? Well, well, part of it is 50, 50% on the coach, 50% on the player. You know, like you guys have to trust each other. And unfortunately for the player, you have to come in first and it's your job to earn the coach's trust because you're in a position um, that you, that you wouldn't be in if that coach didn't believe in you and moved you up or brought you in or whatever, however you want to say it. And then after you prove that you're willing to believe in the coach and, and do everything that he or she asks, then it's up to the coach to say, you know what? Now that that player has earned my respect, my trust, now I have to give the same thing to that player. And, and so 
know, and it works and it works the same way for management because, you know, you got to allow if you hire a coach, you got to allow your coach to be your coach. You know, if they make a mistake, you know, you, you may want to comment on it, whatever, but you can't hold it over their head because people make mistakes. And that's the same way with coaches and players. And so, so many times we get into a situation where we're so concerned with the outcome of the situation that we start thinking into too many negative scenarios. Right. And we're, you know, we think that we're being prepared, but we're overthinking the game. Mm-hmm. And we outcoach ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been a victim of that. And then I've been, in a, I've been a victim of being so emotional about something that I didn't make a necessary move that I typically would have made. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's just about being comfortable. And so, um, and I, I'm, I'm definitely a victim of that. And I've never been a person to not go in and apologize to my team yeah. and say that. And then that's another aspect of it because we all know there's coaches who won't apologize and admit their mistakes. Yeah. But all right. So on the flip side, what do you do to correct that? Cause if we as players, we miss. Game game requires us to make two free throws to win. We only go for one for two. The next day, for that next week, we probably shooting a hundred made free throws at the end of the night every day just to be prepared for that next moment. What is you? What do you as coaches do to combat that and prepare yourself for the next space and how to get out of your own way and even trust more of your players? Well, you you got to put your you got to put yourselves and your players in those difficult situations at practice as best you can. You know, I, I learned the hard way. There should never be a practice. There will never be a practice I have where we don't do game situation stuff, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, you know, a lot of coaches don't do that. Yeah. I or mean, watch film. Yeah. It, it can't be. It can't be just we're running through sets. You know, we want to do this. No, sometimes sometimes we got to just play and then we work through things as we play. And, um, you know, being a guy that was a player coach, you know, on the minor league level, I realized there were times where, like, practice doesn't have to be so, you know, structure A, B, C, D, just because the guy before you did it, you know, you got to do his best for your current team. And so in certain situations, I found out that I was able to get more out of my guys at practice when we were able to incorporate game action, game, mm-hmm. you know, and so they're playing. And so, you know, it'd be time. We might go for two, two and a half hours and, and guys would say, coach, we done, mm-hmm. you know, because we've been locking horns, you know, and, and we've been going at it. But at the same time, while we're playing, we're going through our stuff. Yeah. We're going over certain things. And, you know, and so uh, it is making those guys, not only are they getting a better feel for each other, but they're also being able to improvise on the fly. Yeah. That's, that's interesting too. And a part of that too, you talked about making those tough, conversations just recently for example the Wizards are on a five-game winning streak but that's after Russ talked to a coaching staff and asked that everybody sit in the gym and that the coach tell them out loud what their roles would be right, right. and as, as astonishing as it is I, many coaches don't do that right. right like you just assume that somebody's gonna fall in line even I felt it before at different places that I played I mean, I remember vividly sitting in a room with Coach Thomas in high school where he would literally, he went down the line to each one of us, all 15 one of us, and told us exactly what our role was. 
exactly what it was in front of everybody. Eliminate it, like cleared the room. The elephant was out of the room. So everything right. you talk about as far as getting trust, so you can let your players go, that's easier to be built that way. You know, even in college and some other times, we kind of were were looking for that without saying it. That type of guidance to be like, where do you want me to be on this court? You know, how does that work? I think that's part of getting out coach too. It's part of preparation, right? I, I think everything works better when people are upfront and honest with each individual. Transparency. Yeah. Transparency. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the so you talk about um getting out coached and possibly because cause you're overthinking. But and this is something that um because I know you can toss me into the coaching world and I'm just figuring out what well, X's and O's. Right? Like like how do you how did you grow into that space? I got friends out there who are coaching, who are getting into the coaching world. I don't know if they have mentors. Like, I have a mentor here or my uncle. But, like, how did you get prepared? I know you weren't the, the greatest action old guy when you first started, right? Right. Like, nobody is. Right? So, like, you know, where does that come into play? How do you know when somebody's got your hand? Or how do you – where do you pull back from? Like, what are you studying to get ready for that? It's, it's, and shout out to Coach Jones, Cornell Jones. Mm, um, the OG. It's practice. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's practice. You know, I just recently had a, a conversation with a cousin of mine that is, he's in his second year of high school coaching on the varsity level. And we were talking about drawing up plays, you know, uh, out of a timeout and things like that. And he was upset that his team wasn't able to execute what he drew on the, on the um, board. And I said, in particularly high middle school and high school, every time you draw up something, it should be something that you've run before and you're just tweaking it. So they have some familiarity with reference. It. Yes, because we all know that not everybody's a student of the game. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's around the game all the time. So you want to make things as comfortable as possible for everybody. So for the coaches, you know, everybody didn't wake up and you're Brad Stevens. Right. And you can just draw up a great play. It takes practice. Right. It takes practice. And, you know, it's 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 got to be something that you're comfortable with and something that you've done over and over again. And that you can explain it in two or three different ways because each player doesn't receive the information the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always wonder, because I wanted to ask you, like, what would that feeling like for you when you after a loss and you knew, like, man, this didn't feel like it was on the players? You know, yeah. I've been in that space before to where I was like, we might have lost this one, but I swear this one ain't our fault because it felt like they were calling our plays out before we were. Right. <laughs> right. It felt like they felt like they knew my tendency right. was here, but I didn't know theirs were there. Right. Like it, it, yeah. Every there isn't a coach alive that doesn't think that way. They may not admit it, mm-hmm. but they they definitely think that way because as a coach, you should be responsible for four to six additional points each game, mm-hmm. where you can come up with something that your guys are going to definitely get a bucket or get a foul and get to the line and get the bucket the traditional way, but. You should be able to come up with uh, a different type of defensive scheme at some particular point in time where 
you create an easy scoring opportunity for your team. Right. So, right. You know, so coaches, yeah, we are responsible for that. You know, yeah. you know, players got to put the ball in the hole and things like that, but we have to put them in situations to be successful. And you mentioned that there were times where the other team may be calling out your, your sets. Well, that's where the, the overthinking comes into play. That's when you got to let players play. Yeah, because, you know, you that's why you got to throw everything at your guys during practice. So that way it's nothing they haven't seen. That's real. You know, that's real. That's real. Um, that's just, you know, if you if you are um, a perfectionist at, you know, playing man to man defense and you throw some zone at your guys, throw some traps, you know, yeah. you got to mix it up. just So that way they. Oh, OK. They're not panic. They're not in panic mode because. You know, you know how it is. You look over at the bench. If your coach is in panic mode, you're in panic mode. Man, man, that is absolutely fact. Um, but where, so let's say me, who I'm talking to, I know I got some young friends out there that are doing some things with hooping. You know, I'm a book guy. I read, I go look by some. If there's something I want to learn, I know where to go find it and how to research it and all those things. But if I were to learn how to be a better X and O guy, and I just need a reference somebody, some coach, some space, who, what names come to mind when you're like X's and O's, pay attention to these out of, to them out of timeouts, pay attention to them when this ball underneath the basketball, if it's, uh, if it's college basketball or, you know, the late second plays for a three pointer to get to a corner three, like what, what guy, give me five coaches. Right, five, five coaches. coaches that well, say. Brad Stevens for sure. Brad Stevens out for of sure. A, out of a timeout, you, you're getting a buck. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. That's that's one guy. Um, I really, really like what Rick Carlisle does. Mm, yes, I'm really, I'm really a big fan of his. Mm-hmm. Um, some people may disagree with me on this next one, but I'm a big fan of Doc Rivers. Yes. Yeah, I heard it. Doc Rivers will put you in a position to be successful. You just got to be confident enough in your game to get it done. That's just, you know, any time that Doc has come up short in certain situations, it was not him. Mm -hmm. It was not him. Um, Next person that comes to mind is, I'm going to say, he's a a young young coach. He's been around for a while, but he's really young in terms of everybody getting the name. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's my guy in Phoenix. Mm, Monty Williams. Monty Williams, yeah. yeah. Because he goes beyond, he does a good job of with the X's and O's, but before that, he does an even better job of getting his players to say, whatever coach says, we're going to do it. You know, so, you know, he, he's getting them to fall, He's getting them to believe. And so whenever he, he draws up something, they're, you know, they're definitely getting in action and, and getting it done. So, uh, those guys for sure, and then I gotta, I gotta say, I gotta give a lot of love to Spolster, man. Yeah, I was, I was, I figured you were gonna throw that in. There. I, I gotta give a lot of love to Spolster. He doesn't get the, the the credit he deserves because you know you got the Godfather up in the booth, you know Pat, Pat. Riley, Pat. but um, you know, but Pat only has but a small effect on the team. I mean, they're with Spolster every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, you know, he he's come up with some stuff, man, where guys, unsuspecting guys have been heroes. This is true. Yeah. This is true. And that aftermath with the big three leaving 
they're still solid. Miami is sure. still very competitive, and you got to put that down there. Yep. So, Ethan, make sure you get together that list that coaches talk about because I want to make sure we share that with the followers. So, you know, those are people that want to look up stuff. Do you have, a, do you, have an, um, you know, some college coaches that you want to break down with that too? Uh, for sure. You know, I got to give love to Jay Wright. Uh, I mean, we, we talk about Chris Jenkins. No, relax, relax. I'm just saying, relax. Chris Jenkins from – you yeah, know, the area exactly, where, exactly. where Ryan is from, where I, I came in later as an outsider and coached. Yeah. Um, that play to win the national title against Ryan's Tar Heels, think about it. That's what we talked about in terms of putting your team yeah. in an uncomfortable situation in practice. And we heard those guys say that, oh, we run this play all the time in practice. So it was nothing. Man. We, we, and they we, ran it like it was nothing because they didn't call a timeout. Either. Exactly, we knew that we knew that we were either going to make the shot or miss the shot. Yeah, but we were going to get the shot. That's that's the key thing. Um, I gotta say, uh, in college, I gotta give um, my guy Gonzaga, Mark Few. Mm, Mark you Few. Know, Mark Few does a excellent job of putting people in spots, but we all know that. Nine times out of ten, when they get deeper into the playoffs, it's just a, it's just a better guy on the other side. I'm sorry, different level. I'm pros. sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. They yeah. got they got a different one this year. Though. Yes, they're di- yeah, yeah. You're right. Different you're guy right, this coach. year with the young boy. You're so right. You got, yeah, Jay Wright, Mark Few. Yep, I got those guys and um, another individual. He does not get the credit he deserves, um, but he does an outstanding job of playing his brand of basketball and getting guys to maximize what they can do in unfamiliar positions. And that is my man at Florida State. Mm, uh, Leonard Hamilton. Leonard Hamilton. Oh, gee. He does not get the credit he deserves. Yeah. But if you're 6'9 and you can shoot it, Leonard Hamilton is going to let you do what you do. Yes, that's true. He's going to ask you to do one thing. You just make sure – you strap up on the other end. Yeah. But we're going to make sure if you play the three, that's what you do. If you play the one, you're six nine, that's what you do. And um, mm. he's, he's, he's had a successful run down there, man. Successful run. All um, right. So we got, we got Leonard Hamilton, Jay Wright, Mark Few. Yeah. Um, you got any small school like, like Anthony Grant? Or, 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 well, I mean, Anthony Grant, it was that day, and that ain't necessarily well, small. Well, you know, like, they had a chance. Day. If it weren't for COVID, listen, yeah. everybody pay attention. If it weren't for COVID interjecting in the situation, Dayton might have been a Final Four team. Mm-hmm. But you remember Anthony Grant was at uh, VCU first. Right. Right. And he right. built that up. And then, you know, Dayton is A-10 or whatever, those yeah, things. But, but, it's still, but it's still it's still Dayton, right? You right. don't necessarily say that that's going to be a powerhouse every year in and right. out. But would you say – it's a mid-major type of thing, a high mid-major, right? We say Anthony Grant is a guy that you look at for placement, you know, you know all for sure, for sure. I just didn't consider Dayton as you yeah. know one of the little guys that is coming yeah, up. That's yeah. all. Um, but we want to talk about one of the little guys in terms of HBCUs. Mm. We talk about there's a gentleman at North Carolina Central, yes, Lord, that has been doing a hell of a job over the past few years. And you know he just had a he's doing something with Chris yeah, Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul got docu- that real quick. got a documentary coming out for them that'll be shown. He's actually doing it. Chris Paul is doing it with Stephen A. Smith. 
Okay. Uh, okay. Which we released it. So, first of all, shout out to Chris Paul. Yes. Chris Paul, he also has a we plug of stuff. Like, we about to get it paid for this. <laughs> we you know. You know, maybe. Black, support black everything, sure. right? So, you know, Chris Paul got a book coming out while he's helping produce this. And then, of course, he's with everything. The proceeds from the um, All-Star game will go to HBCUs on top of that, too. So, you know, that's all helping amplify that. But, yeah, the, the North Carolina Central. What's um, that coach's name? Can you look that up? North Carolina Central. Yeah, North Carolina Central University. Um, but yeah, they, there is, that is another thing. Cause they went to maybe like three or four consecutive, um, NCAA on the map. and made a couple, a little, a light, a little run in there. But, um, that is important too, to make sure, you know, we start, we always talk about us as players, making sure you go watch the game yourself, but it's also important for you as a coach to do that as well. Um, and it's Lavelle Moulton, Lavelle Moulton at North Carolina Central. Um, Jay Wright, Mark Few, Leonard Hamilton, Lavelle Moulton, Anthony Grant. If you notice, you know, a lot of three of those, of, of those names are black coaches. Um, we just watched, uh, and I, it just popped up because, um, Minnesota fired. Yeah, as we've been talking about getting Anthony Edwards out of Minnesota because it's terrible, right? They just fired Flip Saunders of son, uh, Ryan Saunders. And then 15 minutes later, they hired the assistant coach from Toronto, right? Overlooking um, a gentleman by the name of is it David Vanderpool. David Vanderpool's on that bench who has a forward to team, probably long overdue for a, um, a, a job as a head coach, along with several others, you know, Sam Cassell, Every every other black or you know minority, I know I know minority coach that had their time is now. You know they need the opportunity. You know, um, but as we see, there are enough of us out there to go look at and study that can get there and get us right. those spots. And 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 those coaches that I named were coaches. Those are my guys mm-hmm. that I I prefer to look at. But there are trust me, there's twenty, thirty, forty other coaches out there. They do an outstanding job that you can watch. The key thing with Coach Ryan said is go watch basketball. Mm-hmm. That's players and coaches. Yeah. You know, and and coaches, I'll say this, even if you have more experience than I do, um, put your ego aside. That's the main thing. I, you know, I'm still a victim of that. I still have an ego sometimes and won't allow certain things to enter my thought process, but I'm working on it. And I, I want to get to know my players. I want to get to know their, their, you know, not only their strengths and their weaknesses, but I want to get to know them as people and how they operate. So that way I can have a more effective team. And I, and I got to understand that my way isn't always the best way because mm-hmm. times change. Man, that's a, that's a bar because even our legendary coaches, have had to leave the game in some on some fashion because they didn't adapt. Right. They weren't chameleons. They weren't like, all right, the game has changed and the athletes of this game are different. The creativity here is different. I gotta allow them to have some of that space to be themselves. And then I come in and I give them that foundation that they've been needing to kind of perfect and amplify that stuff there. Because the game is changing. The way the kids are dressing, the way they're talking to each other, everything is moving. But on top of that, it's elevating. And a lot of coaches kind of, as you say, want to put too much of their hand into it to stop it. 
instead of looking at it to like, I'm here to amplify what they're doing to create, to right. push the game forward. I just got to find a new way. That's what it is. It's going to push you further out of your comfort zone. Because now you got to find a whole new way to coach something that you didn't think was going right. to be there in the first place, right? And, and let me say this. The way kids are dressing now, the way kids are talking now, that's no different than the way it was back in the day. The only difference is yeah. that coaches had more authority over you mm. and society backed those coaches mm. to no end. Mm. Uh, so things have changed now because we all know that it's 50-50 now. You got to basically – Play both sides. Yeah, give them so, right space to do what they want. You know, so, within the round. You know, if a, you know you have a program, you want you know you want a certain type of player, then you need to make sure you go and recruit that type of player each time. If but if but you got to be willing to deal with the consequences because the majority of the players that you're recruiting may not be there. That pool may have shrunken a little bit. Yeah, you know, Ethan speaking out for the younger guy. He said, "Let me wear my dinosaur socks." Never, no, never. <laughs> Ethan, if you gotta go check back to the old uh, episodes, Ethan had the nerve to show up with some dinosaur socks and pastel Easter colors, yeah. and we killed them for it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, but hey, man, you know, you guys do your thing. But that's, I think that's a good space to. Wrap them up on and, and let them, unless you have anything else you want to throw in. No, nah, like, that's a good thing. Make sure you tune in, watch, study, watch the game with a different eye. Coaches, too. You know, you will get out coached at some point. But just like you expect your players to get back in the gym, go get in the lab. Yep. You know, we saw a video um, honoring the late, great John Thompson. And, you know, Patrick Ewan and those guys talked about going past the office late night and it's midnight after the game, and he's still in there doing his thing. There's no secret sauce. There's no secret sauce. Right. Just put in the work. Um, and, and stop watching highlights. Watch an entire game. Coaches, too. We're going to take us one of the coaches, you know, bridging that gap between. But um, this takes us to the end of another episode. Um, bridging the Gap podcast. You know, tell of two generations. We're here together as my OG, the young OG. We have our guy Ethan in the back with some creative content and then Collective helping us with all the video stuff. Uh, if you're in the UAE, we're here. We're not going anywhere. We're here on a mission to build a basketball culture, a basketball community beyond just showing up to the gym and rolling the ball out. We want to do more and show you more. I mean, basketball is the reason why we're here, you know? So it's more than just a sport. If you're here, check us out on hoopmountain.ae on the website. Our Instagram handle is at hoopmountaindxb. Sign us on Facebook, Hoop Mountain Dubai. Log in, chat with us. You know, WhatsApp. If you hit WhatsApp, you're talking to him. <laughs> yeah, WhatsApp, you're talking to me. I'm on the Instagram stuff. But we are here and available. Parents, if you want to learn basketball, we're here for that. You know, companies, if you want to do some team building exercises, all that stuff, we're here. Check in with us. We'll make that happen. Um, you know, shout out to our guys again. But as we always do before we round it up, we give our post-game wrap-ups. OG, we'll start with you. Can, can I ask just one question before we go? Yeah, I, I'm going to have one too. What, why are you a young OG? What what? Because what's crazy is is that I have a lot of people that call me and ask me questions. 
and they're asking me for whatever it is that I learned. You know, when I was in prep school, right? Not in prep school, in college. I was a professor in college. It's like I I left eight months and then I came back and I was teaching like the sociology class and I was an um, athletic academic advisor for people that I was actually in school with the year before, but they will always come to me for some guidance, the same way I do with you. And I would always tell them that, you know, I get that same guidance from my OG. Okay, I'm just asking. Yeah. I'm just, I, I, ain't just you, I ain't just give it to myself. I, I'm just saying, I didn't know if Come you on, were man. pulling a hibachi on me or whatever. Right? No, I ain't just throw that to myself, okay, man. Shout okay. out to my young boys. But I got a question for you. Go ahead. What's this for? <laughs> and listen, 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 listen. I've been waiting. If you guys listen to maybe episode 13 or 14, I, I, I had to say something about it because this is a damn tootsie pop. I don't know. I don't know. I know you guys had the owl back in the day. Y'all had the real owl commercial. <laughs> the real owl. How many licks does it take to get to the center? I can't believe this man is has this thing on right now. What are you gonna do with this? You hungry? <laughs> this first of all, hey, man. what I have to eat is no concern of yours. I'm and worried then, about you, man. That's a lot of sugar in there. Yeah, but I sometimes I need something to just keep me going and you know what I'm saying? We we pull some long hours here. You see, long, long hours. hours. Most people will get some coffee. You got a damn tootsie pop. <laughs> I don't. I don't drink coffee, so I gotta make. A, I gotta substitute. All right, so it's okay. That's love, man. And it's I, vintage, I it. and it's vintage. Whoa! Wow, I'm look, look, look. That's that's the OG status right there. Yeah, it's vintage, so that's you know OG status. Um, I ain't mad. You're my posting. my parting gem is ask questions. Mm. You know. Too often we we let our pride get in the way where we we're unsure about something, but we don't want to open up and ask somebody for guidance. And listen, here's the thing: you can ask somebody for guidance; they can give you the wrong guidance, or they can give you the right guidance. But the thing is, as long as they're giving you something, then you can take from that and put it together yourself to make it work for you. But you want to ask questions to anybody, you know, no matter what situation you're in, in turn, someone else who may have experienced that certain situation. You know, that's what you want to do. You want to take as much, you want to gather as much information as you can and then make the best responsible decision based on that information. I've been a victim of that um, where I just just act on my own impulse instead of saying, let me ask some people whether they be older younger or what have you. And just think of this in simpler terms. If I want to invest in stock, I'm not going to just jump into the stock market myself. I'm going to call some people who are professionals in that industry. And that's the same thing with basketball. I wouldn't expect someone to be a novice in the game to come in and start coaching without calling someone such as myself or Coach Ryan just for our experiences, whether good or bad. Because you can always learn something from somebody. Absolutely, man. That's something that you take take with you and keep it and hold it, hold on to that. Um, right now, I'm rewatching one of my top three favorite shows ever, um, Billions. <laughs> I gotta watch that. Yeah, Billions is one of my favorite shows ever. Bobby Axelrod is you know the spirit animal. <laughs> mess with you. So I'm gonna steal something from Bobby Axelrod. Um, I heard you only get one life, so do it all. 
that's that's it. You know, there sometimes we get in our own way, thinking about limitations. You know, fear is an illusion. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you afraid of? You're creating possibilities that haven't happened. You're creating, you know, you're giving yourself limitations about things that haven't happened. There's nothing physically there. It's just you and your own thoughts. But once you can learn to control your thoughts and fight those things, you get one life. So go ahead and do it all. You know, it takes work. It takes you asking questions. It takes you doing all of those things. But you're here. You're capable. Everything that's ever been made in the world, everything that's ever been done, came from the idea of a person. God gave you the ability to put that together. So go do it. So don't worry about anything else that comes. Because anything that was meant to be will always be. Um, so that's it for episode 17, E, 17. And as always, keep it simple, keep it real, and keep going. Keep going.